I don't get where I play as long as I go number one in the draft. From the Erie Otters, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Western Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there, and welcome to episode 19 of uh, Tracking the Draft with Craig Button, the director of scouting for TSN and former GM in the National Hockey League and Stanley Cup champion, will be joining us in just a few minutes. My name is Dean Millard, and the stars of tomorrow are discovered and discussed here. I'm glad to have you aboard uh, right here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. UFSN is your one-stop fantasy shop when it comes to fantasy sports. If you have a fantasy show that you think would work on our network, please reach out ufsn at uffsports.com all right uh, these are the players we are going to be discussing today dylan duke uh prospect out of the uh, u.s national development program in uh, they're playing in the ushl $40 this NFT was purchased for by Pipeline Prospects in the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League, and he is having a fine season. James Malatesta is a forward with the Quebec Ramparts in the QMJHL. Daltac Scouting Service has this NFT at $75, hoping to cash in during the draft. Uh, 23 points in 32 games this season. And I'm really excited about this this player, Dmitry Zugon, a forward uh, with Moscow in the MHL. And how about Californication? They listed this player for just $20. And this is a guy who's not going to be drafted in the first round, but you know, will be taken at some point. And as this player develops, the, the value is going to go up in Californication. They're gonna, I think they're going to make a decent uh, amount on this NFT in the UFHL when uh, Zugan uh, eventually pans out. 16 goals, 40 points in 61 games this year. I'm going to ask Craig, actually, uh, about the uh, caliber of play in uh, the MHL and how it kind of compares to some of the junior leagues in Canada. Craig joins us courtesy of the UFF Sports Hotline. As mentioned uh, in the past, scouting is so important in the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League. But you're scouting real-world players and then selling them or auctioning them off to fantasy franchises. So you actually go to the same games, watch the same players that Craig Button and all other scouts do. You find a player you like and boom, you are in the mix. In this format, you own the game, uh, so get in the game check it out at uffsports.com for more information lots of cool things coming in the next little while with ultimate franchise fantasy sports and lots of cool analysis including how many guys does craig think realistically have a shot at going first overall we'll get to that and more next 
here he is. The director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. Plus, he's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button. All right, Craig, time to talk about a, another trio of players for the 2021 draft. Um, but uh, as we uh, go through this uh, draft and we're talking about all these different players uh, that we have on different lists, um, you know, there's only one player that can go first overall. And sometimes it's not a question at all. We know who it's going to be. Other times, there's a few names out there. How many names do you think realistically there are to go first overall this year? Two. And that doesn't that doesn't mean that we can't talk about this guy or that guy. But for me, it, it, it's very clear for me. Uh, it's Owen Power, the 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 very uh, strong uh, two way cerebral defenseman from the University of Michigan, or Dylan Gunther, uh, the sublimely skilled uh, winger from the Edmonton Oil Kings. Those are the two guys. I mean, we've seen in previous years when it was Nolan versus Nico that, uh, you know, Haskinen went three and McCarr went four and Pedersen went five and they all were, were better than the first two guys selected. And that's that, that's not to be critical of Nico Hischier or, or Nolan Patrick, but that's what ends up happening. But going into that draft, uh, you know, I, I don't think anybody, uh, you know, w w was looking at uh, potentially other players. Uh, or, or, or said, hey, like these guys belong and could certainly unseat them. Yet you have your different beliefs and, and, and everything that goes with it. But at this point in time, power and Gunther. I like it, and uh, you know Edmonton hockey fans will be excited to to be able to see the potential. Um, you know if they can tune in on the the CHL live package and watch uh, a potential a first overall pick. That would be all, only for a certain only for five more days. That's, yeah, that's Dylan right. Gunther yeah. is going to represent Canada at the U18 tournament on right. April 12th uh, when the players have to go and report. So th this coming weekend is the last time you're going to be able to watch Dylan Gunther uh, live with the Edmonton Oil Kings. After that, you're going to have to wait until April 27th when he debuts for Canada uh, at the uh, under-18 tournament in Dallas, Texas. And that will be so exciting. And, you know, the, the impact, you know, w when you look at this player and that tournament, uh, what sort of impact do you see him having? Well, the same impact I see him having every time he plays the game. Significant. <laughs> like, I, mean, I mean, Dylan's so, I mean, the bottom line is, is Dylan is, he, the, you, you watch the game and you, you watch players that are so skilled like Dylan Gunther. And, you know, one of the things I look for in, in terms of elite, elite ability is what area of the ice, you know, can they not impact? What situation in the game can they not contribute in? And, you know, I, I, I keep coming back to uh, not being able to answer uh, there's this place or there's that situation. I mean, he, he can score, he can make plays, he can, plays on the penalty kill, he plays on the power play, he can play in tight quarters, he can grind it out, he can open it up with a speed. So, you know, I watch a player that's comfortable everywhere on the ice and in every situation and capable of uh, making an impact, and that's, that's how I see Dylan Gunther. And, 
you know, when I when I watch him and watch how how great his hockey sense is, and combined with that high end skill, you know, I see I, I see a surefire NHL star. And then Owen Power, who you said the other guy in contention for that number one spot in your eyes, uh, you know, just uh, you know seems to be that. Uh, total pillar that you could build a defenseman uh, and a blue line and a whole team around, doesn't he? Have you ever seen a traffic cop at a busy intersection? Yes. Manage it from every other area, right? And total control, blowing the whistle, directing hands, using his left and his right. That's all in power on the ice. 100% in control, 100% in command. It doesn't matter how fast the cars are moving or how congested the traffic is. One thing, Owen Power, not one thing, but Owen Power is able to get it all sorted out. He's able to get the cars moving in the right direction. He's able to stop cars when they need to be stopped. He needs to get people through the the, the, the mazes of, of traffic and, and the vehicles. And on the ice, it can get really busy, get really congested. But the order that Owen Power has in his game to keep uh, the, the, the game moving and, and keep the game uh, in his team's favor is pretty significant. And, and, and that's a the defenseman that just screams, you know, pillar-type defenseman. That's beautiful. All right, let's get to the first player we are talking to today of the three that we'll be uh, discussing. Dylan Duke is a uh, forward with the U.S. National Development Team in the USHL. Uh, this NFT was purchased by Pipeline Prospects for $40. Uh, so looks like a good payday is going to come for this player. 25 goals, 44 points in 43 games this year. Those are really impressive offensive numbers. And, and Craig, I've heard the term jack of all trades with this player in that uh, you know I guess that he can do a lot of really good things in a lot of areas uh, what do you think of that yeah I'm, I'm not so sure he's a jack of all trades I like you know I'm, I'm not saying he isn't he's a really good goal scorer he's really okay. smart he arrives he arrives at the right times he gets in and around the net he's got real terrific hands you know you got to be able to you got to be able to take the puck and you got to be able to handle it in tight areas and you got to be able to, to to get it off your stick and, and and shoot it and challenge the goaltender uh you know with with, with that puck uh what that puck skill ability. And uh, I think Dylan has that. And, and he, he's also got that, like, again, he's got that ability to get underneath opponents and defenders and free up his hands and free up his stick and get those opportunities and score. Uh, and, and, and that's a, if you can't play in tight areas and you can't, you know, withstand the challenges that are going to come your way physically and people trying to deny you, because once you get into that, uh, that area of the rink where teams are defending hard, you, you have to be just as fierce in your approach to finding ways to score, and then you got to combine it with the skill. And I, I think Dylan does that very, very nicely. Is he a guy that, uh, you know, finds a spot on the ice and scores from there? Or is he a guy that, you know, says, hey, I've got the puck. i got to get to the net. Get out of the way. I'm busy. I'm, I'm taking the puck to the net to try to score. Is there a typical goal in his repertoire? You know, I, you know, when you describe what you're describing, you're describing Alexander Ovechkin, you know, Brett Hall, those types of players. I, I, I don't think Dylan's that type of player. I, I think Dylan, the, the player that I compare Dylan to is Riley Smith of the Vegas Golden Knights. Hmm. You know, he, he, he skates, he jumps to the attack, you know, he's really good on the rush, but, but, but he can handle that puck in tight areas in and around the net. And, you know, because he's so smart, 
and and Dylan's not a huge guy, so but he doesn't need to go take on the the the, the big strong guys. He, he uses his brains, he uses his quickness, his agility, read the play. That's where I need to be. I'm going to get there before you can defend me, but I'm not going to get myself involved in unnecessary tangles. And I think that, uh, that that's how Riley Smith plays, and I think Dylan has a lot of similarities to Riley Smith. And uh, you know the the numbers are are eye popping. So you know uh, you talk about the IQ, knowing the the place to be on the ice where the puck is going to be, where it's going to do that. You know that's how you get a lot of goals. Like really skilled players, um, they aren't just skilled with uh, okay. I need to get the puck on my stick and and shoot and put it in the net. They're I think the really skilled players are like okay. I know where the next scoring opportunity is going to come from, and I'm not afraid to get into that area to get myself uh, into that position. Well, I, 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 like, you know, I know we talk about we use things like afraid or not afraid, right? I, 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 I prefer the words, he's determined. He's not going to be denied. He's hungry. He, he's he, he's, he's going to fight through the resistance because that's where the rewards come. Dean, I can tell you this. If the rewards were easy, everybody would do it. And mm-hmm. I'm not just talking about hockey. I'm talking right through life. You know, the, when it's hard and challenging and demanding, you know, that's what makes the rewards taste a little bit sweeter and, and become a little bit more special. It's the same thing with hockey players. The ones that do it, it's not that they're, you say they're not, they're just committed. They're committed to, to doing the things that will give themselves success and their team success. And that's the way I look at Dylan. Excellent stuff. Uh, let's uh, now move along to James Malatesta, a forward with Quebec in the QMJHL. And this NFT was purchased by Daltac Scouting Service for $75. And what a debut uh, by him in the QAJ, QMJHL in his first ever game. He scored twice. And, you know, you can't ask for a, a better uh, situation like that in a very tough league to score two goals. Uh, so that's a great debut. What has his progression been since his rookie season until now in the queue? Well, I, I think for a lot of players, and I think James falls into this category, you know, the stop and start of the league and, you know, as, you, as you're growing and, and, and you're maturing and you're ready to meet some of the next challenges, you know, you haven't been able to intersect with those challenges because of uh, the situation with the pandemic and because of leagues starting up and slowing down. You know, you, you know, we hear we you, we hear the word rhythm used a lot. How players get into a rhythm and how players get settled into uh, you know just pushing along in their game. And and I think James is is like the like the vast majority of players. They haven't had a great opportunity to do it. And the younger you are in junior hockey and and James is 17, you don't, you don't have a real law, a real large body of work to draw back on. I think for a 19 year old player, you played junior hockey for, for a number of years. So you got a little bit better ability and, and, and an opportunity to, to draw back on experiences. But James is trying to grow like a lot of these draft uh, eligible players. So they're trying to move from a 16 year old uh, standard now to a 17 year old standard you don't really want to be relying on your 16 year old stuff because the challenges are becoming greater and, and you're growing. So I believe that James, like a lot of players have gone through a very similar uh, development paths. And, and, and that's been kind of moving along a little bit, a little bit downhill, a little bit uphill and, and all in all, but because I've seen James play for so many years, 
uh, you know, and like I'm, I'm no different than anybody else. You know, you've only had so many opportunities to watch him th this year. But but what I have seen, having watched him for so long, is is a really smart goal scorer. I like I think that he is he is that goal scorer that you know freezes hands. You have to be able to get open at the right times to receive a pass, uh, to uncheck yourself and. James is great at deception. You know, the, he'll drive and, and get a defenseman to go to a spot. That's not the spot that he wants to go to necessarily. That's the spot that he wants a defenseman or defender to go to so that he can get to the spot where he can take full advantage. You know, I think he's, I, I, like he's got a really good touch in and around the net. He can handle tough pucks. He can corral the, the pucks that don't come cleanly on his stick. And, and, and he can make those good, accurate shots. And I really believe that in a few years' time, we're going to be hearing about James Malatesta. Geez, well, how did they get him at such a point in the draft? I, I think he's an NHL player. I think he's going to score goals at the NHL level. Uh, you know, I look uh, I look back and you watch Brendan Gallagher play now. And he's not he's not like Brendan Gallagher with respect to, you know, the way Brendan, you know, plays right now. I'm not so sure Brendan was always that way either. But Brendan was a really good skater who got in and around the net, you know, and once he physically matured, he, you know, his game went to other levels. But James has that type of hunger and he has that type of drive and that type of touch around the net. Brennan Gallagher is a fifth round draft pick, if I recall correctly. And, oh, well, yeah, how do you get him there? Well, you get him there because, you know, you, you're paying attention. I, I shouldn't say that's not the right way to put it, Dean. What you're not doing is, is you're not looking at what translates and, and, and understanding, hey, these are the qualities that can really give him success at the next levels. He's not quite there yet. He's not physically mature there yet. But once he does, there's every reason to believe that he does it. He does it really exceptionally well. And again, played for Quebec at the Canada Games, was on a top team with the Lac St. Louis Lions, went and played at the U-17 and was a good player. Last year in Quebec was a good player. And so if I'm just going to rate players based on, oh, they hit, he has 10 goals and 13 assists in 32 games this year, I'm not seeing the forest for the trees. And I can tell you right now, I like what's in this forest. And I like uh, what his scoring tree can offer NHL teams down the road. I, I think he's got an opportunity to be a really good player. Well, from what I read about that U-17 tournament, he started, uh, I think, on the second line in his play. He elevated it so well that he, he got moved up a little bit. Um, do, you, do you to put you – know, I know we talk about not putting a lot of stock in just a single tournament, but it does show uh, some terrific potential for him that he had such a strong tournament in that setting. Well, even if you go back to the Canada Games, Quebec beat Ontario in the gold medal game, and James mm. Malatesta was a big part of that. And, you know, you go back in time and you you watch, and, and, and keep in mind, that's best on best. Canada Games is best on best. U-17 is best on best. And so when you get these players playing in best on best tournaments, again, yeah, they're data points. Yeah, it's not the sole uh, area to, to evaluate them on, but, but – you, you, you're watching them over a period of time handle the different challenges. And when you're playing against better players and you still continue to have success, that's a signal. That's not noise. That's a signal. Where do you see him best as a winger or a center? Oh, I think he's a winger. I, I see, I like him better on the wing. Uh, you know, I, I, I think his ability to be closer to the offensive net, uh, you know, for him to find those openings in the offensive zone, 
uh, you know, with a good playmaking center or a good playmaking winger will, will play to his skill set very nicely. And do you see this guy, um, you know, as you're evaluating your list, is he a guy that's, uh, you know, knocking on the top 40 door for you? I don't know yet. Uh, I don't know if it's top 40, top 50. I, I'm not quite sure yet. I, I mean, that's a process I'm still right in the middle of, uh, Dean. And, and and again, like there's still some players I've seen more of. But I mean, I'm going to, I have an opportunity to, you know, watch the games. I have an opportunity at the U18. James is not going to be playing at the U18 because uh, the Quebec League players are are, are, are not going there. Uh, because they've had a full season and they want to finish their championship schedule, which is, I think, totally fair. And, you know, so he's not, but, but he's played enough games and I've watched enough of them to, to feel confident for me that he's going to, he, he's going to definitely be in my top uh, 64 players. Definitely. Excellent stuff. Well, Craig joins us courtesy of the UFF Sports Hotline. Scouting, so important. It's actually the lifeblood of franchises in the UFHL. Any free agent goes through a scout. Any prospect goes through a scout. Uh, So get in the game where you own the game at uffsports.com. You can become an independent scout or form a partnership with an existing franchise. Reach out for more information at UFHLeague.com on twitter and as mentioned get in the game and uh, craig the nhl trade deadline is uh, right around the corner uh, this monday and something that nhl teams have done and uh, as uh, an affiliate of duckman's domination and high level scouting we have also done that in regards to our franchise we're heading into the trade deadline and i think one of the most important things and you and i have uh, ch- chatted about this in the past is Knowing what you have, uh, you know, like a poker hand, you know, know what you have in your hand before you make a lot of bets and knowing the value of your assets going into that trade deadline. In this case, we're talking about our prospects. um, It's it's kind of the key step before you make any trade, isn't it? Story time with Craig coming up. I'm going to tell you the story of Gary Roberts. Uh, right. Calgary Flames. Gary Roberts was a first uh, round pick, a very, uh, a very promising first round pick, a player that had a lot of success. And the Flames were in a situation where, you know, Gary and, and Gary will be the first one to tell you that, uh, you know, coming out of junior hockey, you know, understanding the physical uh, requirements to be a good NHL player, conditioning, strength and everything that goes with it. He wasn't up to speed and you know now Gary is you know as as good as there is in terms of uh, uh, fitness and, and preparing players for the rigors of, 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 of so many different levels not just the NHL you know hired by the Seattle Kraken to be their high performance director uh, in, in that regard so it, he's drafted high you know he, he's going through the the, the process of, of learning at that time a common phrase was He's got to learn how to be a pro. He's got to learn how to be an NHL player. Okay, so I, I just told you what it meant. So now the Calgary Flames, he's a young player, and now they're now they're seeing, okay, there's there's some people in the organization, uh, maybe Gary Roberts isn't going to be that good. Now they're fielding some inquiries on, on Gary Roberts. Cliff Fletcher's the GM, and Al McNeil's his assistant. And, you know, this is a pretty good team in Calgary, and they're, they're fielding some inquiries. And, you know, Cliff is down the path, down the path of, you know, listening seriously to teams. And so he, he's laying out the trade options and he's with his group. And Al McNeil says to, 
to Cliff, and now they both came from the Montreal Canadiens organization. So Sam Pollock, the great GM. So Al says to uh, uh, Cliff, he goes, we really haven't tested out Gary. He says, so like, we're, lo we're looking at these trade options and do we really know what we have? Well, there was some pushback around the room from different people, what Gary's this and, you know, and Al said, Sammy always told us, Cliff, don't be trading somebody until you know what you have. Don't be trading somebody until you know what we have. We haven't tested them. We don't know what we have. Cliff stopped everything right there, phoned back to all the teams and said, you're right. They didn't trade Gary Roberts. So that's story time that illustrates 100% what you're talking about. And, and that's, that's what you need to, you know, as much as a trade that you think can help you right now. And, you know, if you, if you win it all, I guess obviously it did, but uh, only one team gets to say that all the deadline moves work perfectly for them. And then all the rest of the teams, unfortunately, look at, oh man, we, we traded, you, you get into buyer's remorse and things like that. But hey, you gotta, you gotta live by uh, the decisions you make. And, um, you know, prospects for some GMs are worth a lot more in currency than, than others. And I guess it's all in, in, in value, but that's why it's so important to have that list and that, 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 uh, you know, whether it's your prospects or your minor league players or whatever it is to know the value of them. It is so, so important. And, and I think a lot, can, of, a lot of people make that mistake. What, what do you mean a lot? Like they do because they don't know the player. They haven't tested the player. And they're ready to give up on the player without putting them into the proper situations of testing them and understanding what he is and knowing what he is. So, yeah, you're right. I'll tell you how you make your best deals. By having as, as much complete information in, in terms of your assessment. And you're not going to have that, you know, you're starting to trade a 21-year-old player that people might be down on and you haven't tested him. You haven't continued to help him move to address. Now, if a player, you know, uh, you know, isn't putting in the work or doesn't understand or hasn't had success or whatnot, you go, okay, yeah, well, you know, he, he, he's not, he's not willing to do it to put in the work, but to Al McDeal's point, Gary was putting in the work. It wasn't, he just wasn't ready. Al McInnes was a very similar type player with respect. I mean, they weren't talking about trading him, but, Coming in, you know, he had to work on that, on that great, oh, he has to learn how to be a pro. Oh, has to learn how to be a pro. Yeah, well, we all have to learn how, how to meet the challenges of, 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 of levels as you move up them. And I, if, if you want to be impatient and you want to make judgments based on a small, small snapshot of information, you're going to make mistakes. Indeed. Uh, all right, let's chat about Dmitry Zugan, a forward uh, in the MHL with Moskva, uh, Californication Analytics and Scouting picked up this player. They listed him for just the low price of $20. That's the minimum you can get. Uh, and, and I think there's going to be a little bit of a, a profit with this player. He's having a fine season in the MHL. What, um, what do you think of the MHL? I, I'm not very familiar with uh, whether, where, where the caliber, how it may be compared to uh, some of the junior leagues that we have in Canada. What's your thought on the MHL, Craig? Well, it's the Russian Junior League, and it's a real opportunity for players, uh, the, the junior age players, to go in and compete at a level that they're capable of handling. You know, Russia has done a real good job, the KHL has done a really good job uh, of developing uh, a, a minor pro league, which is the VHL, and then the MHL, which is the Junior League. You know, it used to be like, okay, you're going to come through our system, and, and, and these, I mean, these teams are tied into the to their system, but 
there wasn't an opportunity for them to play. And so now you had good younger players that were trying to play on the, on the, on the top team that weren't good enough and creating a junior league and, and a minor pro league, like, like the KHL Russia have done has been really significant for the development of their players. And, you know, it's great if a player could go in and play in the KHL at 17 or 18 or 19, but, but it's a rarity. So to have other places where they can go and play and continue their development under the watchful eye of, of, of the team that uh, of the program that they're in, I, I think it's just really, really, really important for them to, uh, uh, you know, to have this type of league. And it's a good league. It's a it's a really good league. All right. What do you like about uh, Dimitri? What do you like about his particular skill set? Well. I, the way I would describe uh, Dimitri is, is, is that he's uh, he's a going concern. He, he he's he's got a motor. It revs at high RPMs. He's invested in, in, in the in the demanding hard parts of the game. He'll check. He'll 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 forecheck. He'll play defense. He'll kill penalties. He he's a real smart player. Uh, you know he he understands. Okay, this is my game. I got to get the puck into that goal scorer's hands. I got to take some of the pressure off. I got to let some of my uh, goal scoring wingers be able to take advantage of their ability. So I'm going to support them defensively, let them do their thing. I'm going to make sure I get the puck to them. He's a good skater. He, he, he's, he's, he's kind of a stocky, you know, low center of gravity. So, you know, when you, when he gets, when he gets involved in the one-on-one battles, what I call hand-to-hand combat, he's a real difficult player to handle because he's strong and he's determined. And so now when he gets into those areas, He's not. He's not wading into the pool. He, he he dives in. He he gets the whole body wet when he's when he's getting involved in these areas of the game. And you know, I see him as a as a two slash three type centerman that's going to give you just really good, strong, purposeful play. You know, I watch a Barkley Goudreau play. Now Barkley was a, was a free agent signing by San Jose who ended up on the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup squad last year got traded for a first round draft pick. So that tells you, uh, you know, where he went. Anthony Sorelli, the way Anthony Sorelli plays a third round draft pick. Mm-hmm. That's the style of game that I, that I see Dimitri Zugan being able to play. And, you know, you look at those competitors, you look at how they play in, in different areas of the game. You look at how important they are to their team's success. That's Dimitri to me. You know, I, I, I hear this and, and what I think of is that you're you're not going to hear this guy's name on the first day of the NHL draft. And, and that gives Californication an opportunity to sell this NFT on, on the open market because this is a player who's going to develop and develop and develop. And while you won't hear him on the first day of the draft, he sounds like a guy that you want if you're in a playoff series. Kind of a tenacious guy that can, you know, go up against other top guys, can help out and chip in. And, you know, probably guys that... that you've had in the past maybe compared to this guy like a, a you know you know when you're throwing this guy over the boards in the playoffs and he could have a good impact in the series well i'm really happy with myself dean because uh if i described them that way and you picked up on that then that's exactly what i see that's exactly <laughs> so i'm glad i described them because that's the, how you just uh, uh discussed them is, is is exactly how i want to portray the player do you remember a guy like that uh, on on some of the teams that you were involved in? 
Ah, uh, well, I mean, like, I mean, we had players. I mean, but our center ice was Madonna and New and Dyke. I mean, we had Geek Carbonell up the middle of the mm. ice. <laughs> so our real successful team, we had we had Dave Gagne, you know, playing in the middle of the ice for us. I mean, we had some really good, you know, strong centermen. You know, I I, I, I do know this. Like, I, I look at, you know, I mentioned Goudreau. I mentioned uh, Anthony Sorelli. You know, Chris Draper was hard to play against. Yeah. He was yeah. hard to play against. And, you know, you think about, yeah, they had Eisenman and Fedorov, and then, oh, yeah, now you get to go play against Chris Draper. And, you know, it was, it was amazing how teams are built. And you look at those Detroit Red Wings teams. So they come at you with Eisenman. Then they throw a little Fedorov at you. And then they give you a little Larry on off who plays it. And then, <laughs> and then you got to deal with Draper. So you, 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 there was never, there was never a moment's rest playing against the Detroit Red Wings center ice. And, and I think our teams in Dallas were, 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 were similar in, with respect to our ability to be able to, uh, you know, play in a manner that, that, that not only unsettled opponents, but but gave them different things to think about. And and I think that when you look at uh, when I mentioned Barkley Goodrow and I mentioned I mean I can mention Yanni Gord and Anthony Sorelli. Mm-hmm. I mean they, they play the game in a manner that you you know Kucherov like challenges you in a way and Stamkos challenges you in a way which is different than the Palat. And you can never get into a rhythm. You can never get into this this comfort zone okay if we play like this we can take advantage because the way that draper's going to attack you is different than eisman which is different than federoff and and that gives your team such an important mix of players uh to be able to not only not only challenge opponents but to give your team a lot of different looks and and to give your 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 team a lot of different opportunities to play in a manner that can be really unsettling to opponents, no matter who you match them up against. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and that's where this guy could fit in on a team, especially in the playoff series. I kind of look at the Winnipeg Jets oh, yeah. a little bit like that right now with Lyon, uh, with not Lyon, it was Shifley, Dubois, and, and that Adam Lowry being that really third hard guy to play against and kind of assist the setup that they have there is a little bit similar to that. Well, well, even if you think like you, you, you go okay. So if you just think, I, I think the Winnipeg Jets top nine is a perfect ten. To be honest with you, you got Shifley's a superstar, and then you have Dubois, but they can move Dubois around. Then you have Paul Stashney, who's different than Kyle Connor. Then you have Blake Wheeler, who plays against you differently than uh, Nikolai Ehlers, who plays differently than Mason Appleton. Then you have Andrew Kopp coming at you, and Adam Lowry following. Like, I mean, t- try to get a beat on that team, and 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 you know what? Trevor Lewis is a good player on the fourth line, and Nate Thompson gives you good minutes. And then you got Matthew Perot, who is who has shown a, a real ability to contribute in so many different areas of the game at different spots. I, I that, that's the type of team that when you're going to play against them, they give you headaches. Not only when you're playing against them, but in trying to deal with how they're going to do. And and then you got Paul Maurice. Okay, I'm going to switch. Dubois up here, and I'm going to play Shifley with Ehlers and Conn. Like, I mean, it, like it's a coach's dream. It's a coach's mm. dream. <laughs> no doubt, it's impressive. Uh, okay, we chatted about uh, you know how we've got prepared as Duckman's domination for the trade deadline in the UFHL, which is the same trade deadline as the NHL. We mirror everything about that league. But you know, you're going to be part of the trade deadline coverage this year remotely. You know, what are you expecting? Do you think the quarantine and and COVID is going to have a big impact and and you know reduce the amount of trades we might see? I don't. 
I don't. I uh, you know I think there, yeah, you know every year we you're dealing with something different, but every year you're also dealing with eight or nine teams that believe they have a legitimate chance. The, the, the other thing about this year is every team in the four divisions they've only played against those teams in that division. So they're zeroed in completely on knowing, okay, here's the strengths of our team. Here's some of the things that have given us some problems. So I think you can zero in a lot stronger, a lot more deeper on what you can do to be one of the last four teams standing. Because ultimately that's what you're trying to do now, be one of the last four teams standing. So, you know, and, and, and you look at the North division. I think it's clear who the four playoff teams are. So when, when, when you're looking now at, at the four teams, you're going, okay, we've played them. Everybody's played each other differently and tough in different ways and had their successes and sometimes not as much success in, depending on the game or the week. But you can zero right in and say, okay, those four teams, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Toronto, and Montreal are in the playoffs. You're not looking to get a player that's going to try to give you a boost to get into the playoffs. You're looking to players now that can give you a greater strength once you're down the stretch, once you're into the playoffs, to get out of your division. So I think with that clarity, and not only within the standings, but also with who you're playing against and what your own team's strengths are, gives you a real opportunity. And everybody's looking for opportunity to win the Stanley Cup. And I think there's a lot of teams out there that can look at it. So I, and, and, and conversely, there's lots of teams that are clearly showing they're out of it. So we talk about flat salary cap. There's lots of different ways to navigate around this, but I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be a, a, some real significant movement. And I'm not talking about big name players. I'm talking about number of trades. Mm -hmm. I'm expecting to see quite a bit of it because of what I just outlined. Well, we'll be able to uh, recap it next week and uh, check in if any uh, draft picks and uh, prospects have changed hands, as they always seem to do. Great stuff today, Craig. Enjoy the deadline coverage. We'll all be watching. Thank you, Dean. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we gotta win it. UFFS, you own the game. Always fun chatting with uh, Mr. Craig Button about prospects and more, and uh, I'll definitely be watching him as he does trade deadline remotely uh, like he does uh, this show right now. And, of course, uh, we do Craig's Council. We just did it a little while ago. He gave a little bit of a story time there with Gary Roberts, and we get into lots of stories and some scouting tips uh, in, in some future episodes. So if you do have a question you want emailed in, or just in general, if you have a question about a prospect, uh, track in the draft at gmail.com, and we will add it to the list of topics that we get. Thank you so much for watching or listening wherever you do find it. Uh, please subscribe and let us know what you think of the show. Leave us a review. If you're on YouTube on UFSN, uh, just click subscribe, hit the bell, and you'll get notified when any of our uh, shows actually come out. Uh, we have uh, lots of uh, very cool programming going on here on uh, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Uh, we got some great shows 
up there as well. And uh, you can also find uh, some of my other work at uh, Podcast Alley. Uh, there's the track in the draft site. You can find all past episodes, including the ones that uh, we did last season where it was just audio. Uh, you can also uh, check out uh, a few of the other shows I have as well. Uh, this show, Track in the Draft, also have Fantasy Hockey Time. Uh, UFHL Now, and uh, the Cannabis 101 podcast, where it's an educational show about uh, the wonderful plant that it is. So there you go. Subscribe, uh, leave us a review. Please do so. Let us know what you think of the show, and uh, check out any past episodes uh, you want or uh, other shows at Podcast Alley. So that's going to wrap things up for this episode. Big thanks to Craig Button uh, for joining us as always uh, with his time, his passion, and his knowledge. And, uh, you know, we certainly love the affiliation we have uh, with Craig and uh, my wife, Trish, and High Level Scouting. Certainly gives us, uh, we think, a leg up in the competition, and there is plenty of competition in the UFHL now. That's on Friday, though, the UFHL. (laughs) Now, if you'd like to advertise on this show or have a question, please hit me up, trackingthedraft at gmail.com. This show is where the stars of tomorrow are discovered and discussed right here on the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. We'll chat again next week. Enjoy the trade deadline. This has been Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. For Craig, I'm Dean Millard. Have a great week. Thank you.